This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now it's time to talk about Brett Kavanaugh, Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court to replace swing vote Anthony Kennedy. For that, we turn to John Nichols. Of course, he's the nation's national affairs correspondent and author most recently of the book Horseman of the Trumpocalypse. John, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be with you, John. I guess we're going to have to do a new edition of the book. <laughs> for our Supreme Court nominee here. <laughs> well, the fact sheet that was released by the administration about Kavanaugh praised him for opposing what they called illegal job-killing regulations that they said had been released by, quote, unaccountable independent agencies, close quote. What are they talking about? Well, what they mean is that even though it sounds like they're endorsing somebody running for a seat in Congress, he's a a, a pro-corporate judicial activist. He's a guy who has, uh, in the better part of a decade, and uh, more than a decade, on the federal bench, uh, tended to rule quite regularly on behalf of uh, corporate interests that don't want to be regulated, uh, that don't want to face you know, basic standards. And one of the areas where this has come up is uh, on the issue of net neutrality, where uh, Brett Kavanaugh is seen as a particularly bad player. And people who have followed the net neutrality fight uh, may not be aware of this, but it, when we battled on behalf of net neutrality over the years, uh, yeah, there was progress on the Federal Communications Commission, and now there's been setbacks. But there's also been a lot of, of uh, judicial uh, work around these issues as well. And so many media issues, many issues of concern as regards media diversity, competition, and you know the, the quality of platforms come before the courts. And that will be increasingly the case in the 21st century. And so to put somebody who is so evidently uh, on the side of the big telecommunications corporations and, frankly, on multinational corporations in general, onto the courts is a really, really bad idea, despite what the president says. So in addition to acting on behalf of the corporations, Kavanaugh has also ruled on voting rights, this case with a South Carolina law that would required voters to show a photo ID what was Brett Kavanaugh's role in that voting rights case? Kavanaugh, uh, the important thing to understand about Kavanaugh is that he doesn't arrive uh, at the federal bench as somebody uh, who hasn't had a lot of intersections with politics. This is a guy who uh, was an 
active member of the team back in 2000 that intervened on behalf of George W. Bush in the uh, Bush v. Gore uh, fight in Florida. Uh, so he's he's had his hand in this stuff for a long time. He was also a very uh, active, engaged member of the Bush administration for a number of years. Since he's gone on the bench, the signals that we've gotten from him is that he is somebody who, as a you know, a clear partisan, some views, you know, roots go back into literally partisan campaigns on behalf of the Republican Party, that he sympathizes with their views and, and in fact, has backed them up uh, as regards restrictive voter ID laws, yeah. laws that simply make it harder to cast a ballot, but also as regards a host of other uh, electoral and political interventions that all add up, I think, you know, in the words of an awful lot of critics, to a, a sympathy for voter suppression. And that's the worst kind of person to put on the Supreme Court. Kavanaugh worked for Kenneth Starr famously on the impeachment investigation of Bill Clinton. He apparently helped draft the part of the Kenneth Starr report arguing that a president could be impeached for lying to the public. Doesn't that seem sort of relevant to the possible impeachment of Donald Trump? It would if Brett Kavanaugh wasn't uh, just an aggressive partisan. Uh, but there's no evidence to suggest that you know, he has kind of deeply held core values as regards the Constitution and the rule of law. The evidence is he's a changeable character, um, <laughs> just depending on the circumstances he's in. And so while he did once argue uh, for a, a very sweeping view of impeachment, one, and you know me, John, I'm a, about as big an advocate for impeachment as you can find, True. Uh, but what he was arguing for back in the, in the 90s was went way beyond uh, where I, I think the vast majority of, of people who favor presidential accountability might have gone to. Since then, however, he has abandoned his position and not only abandoned it, he basically said it was a mistake. Um, and intriguingly enough, uh, after his time in the Bush White House, he became one of the more ardent advocates in speeches and in writing uh, for a, a, a remarkable concept that the president should be exempt from criminal prosecutions and criminal investigations while serving in the White House. Uh, this is a really radical construct. Now, of course, presidents have, a, you know, frankly, a lot of flexibility and a lot of leeway, and uh, they are quite well protected. Uh, from nuisance suits and, and you know, nuisance uh, assaults on them from a kind of legal standpoint. But uh, the notion that a president who violates the law or a president who is, is potentially in violation of the law, the notion that that person should somehow be exempt from inquiry into that, I mean, that's, that's really blazing new territory. And while there, you can find some precedents for it, they're not good precedents. Uh, this is bad stuff. And intriguingly enough, Kavanaugh knows where he's at is an extreme position. And so what he has said is, oh, don't worry. Um, what I'm advocating for doesn't really place the president above the law. What it does is it just delays accountability until after he or she is president. Well, with all due respect, 
you show me somebody else who's in a, in a bad situation with the law where they can say, well, yeah, I got something else I'm doing right now. You know, <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to be investigated or held to account. And also he neglects the reality that the, the president of the United States has the most extensive pardon power. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the more extensive pardon powers that, that you can imagine. And as such has certainly the ability to pardon people who might uh, be problems for him, but also potentially, and some people have argued, even the ability to pardon himself. And so what Kavanaugh has argued is in a, a terribly extreme position. The president of the United States should essentially be above the law for his or her tenure and potentially beyond it. So where do we stand this week on the effort to mobilize opposition to Kavanaugh's nomination? We know that there are 50 Republicans and 49 Democratic votes in in the Senate. What's the status of the chances of swinging one vote this week? <laughs> well, the the good news is that the people who really have to keep an eye on, which is uh, three or four Democrats who are in, are in bed, uh, maybe facing re-election this year. Uh, they, even, well, some of them have said things that are, are certainly not encouraging. Nobody's come out and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for this guy. Okay. Uh, so they remain uh, folks you can, can talk about and talk to. That's very, very important. Uh, and also you continue to have, you know, uh, statements from especially Susan Collins, the Republican from Maine, that, that suggest, uh, you know, a, a desire to uh, to stand up to anybody who's going to really open up the, the issue of the right to choose. And uh, the evidence that's mounting on Kavanaugh is that he is somebody who could be problematic on that issue. And so I think the fight the fight is is real. Um, more evidence is coming out about Kavanaugh. Again, I'll go back to things that I've said in a lot of settings, and that is the way to battle Brett Kavanaugh is to do an all plus one approach, right? And that is, yes, talk about all the issues that are threatened, all the, the, the legal precedents that, that putting him on the court could undermine. Uh, and that's the right to choose. That's LGBTQ rights. That's affirmative action, a host of other things where Kennedy provided a critical vote. But also, we should look at this attitude toward presidential powers. At a time when Donald Trump uh, has stirred global controversy and where you see uh, indictments and investigations and inquiries, the notion that you would put someone, that you'd allow Donald Trump to put somebody on the Supreme Court who has this expansive view of presidential power and of presidential exemption from accountability, uh, that should stir concerns, not just among progressives who don't like Trump, but among conservatives. It's, it's an unhealthy precedent. It's an unhealthy step. So I think you communicate all that. And then finally, the most important thing, and this is always the case, you focus on the states and focus on, on a host of issues that may be unique, even peculiar to certain regions, to certain states, so that when you communicate a concern about Brett Kavanaugh's nomination, you don't just simply say to these potential swing senators, uh, you know, yeah, here's the, the three national issues we're concerned about. You also say, here's some local issues that, that you should really be thinking about so that if you do get those Democrats to hold firm against Kavanaugh, and if you get Susan Collins, or potentially even Lisa Murkowski to come over, uh, they can ground it uh, not merely in national issues, but in 
concerns of their own constituents. That requires more research. It requires more energy. But it's not wasted research or wasted energy. The fact of the matter is, if you give away a Supreme Court pick, if you just go soft on it, uh, especially one that can shift the center of balance on the court, uh, that's something that can, that can haunt you for generations. And so it's, it's an all-in effort. And I, and I don't see any evidence this week uh, that it's weakened. In fact, I think some of the revelations about Kavanaugh perhaps strengthen it. It's an all-in effort. John Nichols, com. Thank you, John. Always great to have you on the show. Total pleasure, my friend. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.